Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Welcome to the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC, whose main club sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Hi again. Today's guest is no stranger to Whitstable Town, Jeff Record. Now he was a great captain for the club, got to a couple of cup finals, I believe, but uh, we'll get, get to that later on. But uh, well, first, I want to speak, speak to Jeff. How are you today? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Just uh, in, enjoying the weather and uh, I've sort of gone into semi-retirement now. So, um, you know, the weather's been great and, and uh, that's, that's all I've been doing today, just enjoying that. Just chilling. Well, we actually bumped into each other. I was introduced to you the weekend by Doug. We started off okay, but after that, well, we weren't really in it, were we? No, it, it, it looked quite promising. Um, the inexperience of uh, some of the Whitstable lads, if you compare the ages of the two teams, Sittingbourne have far more experience. And uh, and I thought that sort of was the difference between the two sides, really. There wasn't a, a great deal of difference, but they just had that little bit of uh, more strength, I think. And I had two or three very experienced players in this side. So. Yeah, we came back into it a bit more the second half. But um, but you're right. I think once we went 2-1 down, it was um, it was a bit of an uphill battle for us. But anyway, it was just one of those things, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's early season. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But maybe, and just maybe, the way that things are going, that might be the last game of football we see in 2020. Yes, I mean, it's very uncertain times. You know, I, I think I'll be very surprised if the season does continue through this phase. I personally would be surprised if we all get to the end of it. I, I, I don't think the season will be able to complete, but that's only my view. You know, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Right, OK, let's, uh, let's get into the meat of things and talk a bit about you and your playing career and how you got into management. I want to take you back to, I want to start you off at, uh, at your career at Whitstable. Now, from the little and scant information that I've got, you were actually the captain during the 89-90 season. Um, when did you actually join Whitstable? Yes, it was the, at the start of uh, 1989. That was my first season there. I'd previously uh, been playing my football in the Southern League, Dover, and at Sheppey United. And um, I, I played at that level for around about seven or eight years. And I was just starting to go into a new job. Uh, while I played in the Southern League, I had insurance round. And that fitted perfectly with semi-pro football. But then I came out of that, went into a new uh, job that involved shift work. So I was looking to play in the Kent League. And I had a couple of friends of mine who were already at Whitstable, Lenny Spokes and Dave Downs, who I played with um, at Sheppey. And they said, and I was sort of considering what I was going to do and, uh, and how I was going to sort of play things. And um, they said, why don't you come down and give it a go? So I sort of ummed and ahed a bit. Then I had a meeting with uh, Pete Merritt, who was the manager at the time. And uh, I thought, well, I'll give it a go. I didn't know much about Whitstable. I thought, well, I'll give it a go for a couple of months and see how, how I feel about it. And those couple of months turned into, <laughs> turned into seven years. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Every single 
part of the club. Not only the football, but I enjoyed. Uh, we were fairly well supported. The, the, the supporters seemed to take to me at the time. And then having started the season, we were about a month into it. And, and Peter Merritt and Malcolm Ainsley approached me about coming, becoming a skipper. And I was delighted to take that on. And, um, and that stuck with me all the time I was at Whitstable, really. Yeah, I had some fantastic times. We had some great games. And when you referred to the cup finals, we always underachieved a little bit in the league. We had, we had, a, oh, we had a decent side. That, that, that should have done much better, really. Yeah. Um, but in the cup, we was really a force to be reckoned with. And, and during that time, I was very proud to um, lead the side into four cup finals. Two wow. Kent League finals and two Kent Senior Trophy finals. But <laughs> as I was explaining to some of the guys on Saturday at Sittingbourne, that I'm probably the only captain of Whitstable that's led a side into four cup finals and lost every single one of them, albeit <laughs> by, an, by the odd goal. But uh, not a great record that I'm proud of, but quite a unique record. But we played, in all four of them, we played very well. And one in particular, we lost to the Tunbridge Angels at, at Dover's ground. We lost 2-1 to them. We were the better side on the day by, I, I felt, quite a bit. And, and they got the winning goal with well, less than 20 seconds left of extra time. I'll never forget it. You know, Tunbridge had a really good side. People like um, Lloyd Hume, Ian Molson. Uh, there was a centre forward called Collins um, who got the winner. They had some really good players. Yeah, and, and, and with 20 seconds left of extra time, we was all thinking about penalties. And I'll, I'll never forget it. Ian Molson broke down the left, knocked a crossing that went behind everyone to the edge of the box. And their centre forward came flying in and, and looped a header over Mark Caskey, who was the Whitstable goalkeeper at the time. And then we had some good players as well. We restart, we had enough time to restart the, the, the game. And Carl Rolls, who played for us up front, he picked the ball up and then he just ran at Tunbridge and he managed to weave his way on the left-hand side, right on the edge of the box. And he cracked a shot from about 25 yards that just shaved the angle of the upright and the post. Oh. And that was it. It was all over. So great disappointment that. Now, look, you say you're disappointed with it, but uh, four cup finals, you've got to be in it to win it. So to get there, it was fantastic, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. We, it, during those cup runs, we were, we were beating sides um, in the top two or three of the league to, to get into those cup finals. So um, it was a tremendous achievement over that. I think it was... Was there seven years? That was those four cup finals were stretched over about three or four years. We had one season where we were in we were in both of them. But uh, yeah, a, a fantastic time. I remember us having a, winning a few games in the Vars in that period as well. You know, we had we had, we had a good side. Um, I played alongside uh, Wayne Draper. Yep. Uh, Gary Pullen was up front. Carl Rolls, Lenny Spokes, D Dale Walton. They were all very very good players. All the old names. That's, I'll tell you what, it's a treat to hear these all mentioned. It's brilliant. Did you play with Russell, Russell Mason? 
Russell Mason, yes. He, he, he was uh, sort of in and out the side dur- during that period. Uh, as time wore on, of course, I was getting a bit older. He started to play a bit more. But uh, in the first, say, three or four years I was there, he didn't, he didn't play that much. But, yeah, another Whitstable stalwart, very dedicated player. Got a lot of time for Russell. Me Great too. bloke. Well. Me too. Great bloke. Do you know what? Russell's the uh, all-time attendance record holder at Whitstable Town. He's, he's, got the mo- he's got the most games under his belt. Really? Absolutely. Oh, I didn't know that. He just went on playing and playing yes. and playing. I mean, he yeah, had. I, a, I can imagine that because he was a very thick guy, Russell. Very he thick. Was, he was, and he had a he had a very I wouldn't say a strange style of running, but he it was almost like once he got going, he, it's almost like he needed kick starting. But once he got going, my goodness me, he could gallop down the left, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. But I do remember him for for being um, like really dedicated, really fit, a brave player as well. So, and I don't recall. When he was coming into the side, I don't recall him having too many injuries. So if you're injury-free, you know, you can achieve, achieve that. Do you know what? I think you're right there. I mean, I was speaking to Sam Denley the other week and he had a knee injury that curtailed his career early on. Yeah. And we were talking about injuries. And it's one of those things that, you, you know, if you're blessed with a good run of, of games, my goodness me, it does your confidence a lot of good, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. You've just mentioned Sam Denley there. During the lockdown, I've... Um, I've taken some time to go through um, a lot of scrapbooks, a lot of photos that I, that I collected over the decades. And I came across one leading Whitstable out. And Sam was the mascot holding my hand walking out onto the pitch. So. Oh, how lovely. Do you know what? Yeah. I'll, I'll phone him up tonight and I'll tell him that. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember that. Did, uh, did Nick play with you? Nick, his dad, Nick? Yes. Again, a bit older than me, so yes, um, he, he, he was sort of... Co- I, I seem to recall he was covering from injuries and stuff like that while I was there. He'd cover things like that. And then I think he was involved in the reserve team. Yeah, so I don't recall playing with Nick on too many occasions. But, um, but yeah, I, I know another guy who's, who's um, been very committed to Whitstable Town. Yeah. Tell me something. What position did you play? Because you're a big lad. What are you, six? Predominantly centre-half for Whitstable. In me Southern League days, I was mainly, uh, I used to play it right back because I only went, in them days, I only weighed about what, 12 stones. So I was a bit lightweight for a centre-half. <laughs> but by the time I'd come out of Southern League, join Whitstable, I, I'd filled out quite a bit. So that was me natural position centre-half. So uh, I, was, I was lucky to play alongside some good centre-halves as well. When I first went there, my, my, my partner was uh, Cliff Stokes, a guy yeah. called Cliff Stokes. Oh, name from the past. Yeah, very steady, kn- knew his role in the team. And then after that, it was uh, Wayne Draper, who, yeah. who was a really good centre-half, Wayne. And then Dave Lindstrom. So I had some good partners in there. You certainly did. Right, you, you've really set the scene and you've made my mouth water a bit about all these old-timers, but let yeah, me take yeah. you back to when you very first started football. Where did you live then? I've always lived on the Isle of Sheppey and um, I've just really put a lot of effort into my route into senior football was the Arby, really, just through school, representative uh, football. I'd never been to a, to a pro club and then from representative football it took me into what was an old new it used to be called the new brompton league which is a tough it was a bit of a pub league really but 
at the age of 15, that's what I did. 16, when I left school, I went into that level of football. There were a few Kent League reserve sides in the New Brompton League. And then, I can't really remember how I ended up down at Sheffield United, but I ended up having a few games for Sheffield Reserves. And then Tommy Coulter was the manager of mm-hmm. Sheffield at the time. And then I played in a trial game, one training night. And then he came up to me and said, look, you know, I'd like you to come to the first team. And I I think I had a few substitution appearances. And then um, what happened after that? Then Tommy went. And then there might have been a season or two where I didn't do a lot, really. And then I found myself back down at Sheffield United when Dave Perkins took over as manager, who's a local guy, ex-Kent League player. And I made my debut for Sheppey, my full debut for Sheppey under Dave Perkins. And funny enough, it was against Turn Bay. Um, so um, I had a good game from uh, uh, that night. And then it really pushed on from there, really. I had a few games under Dave in the Kent League. Then I had an approach from Peter Sillett, who was the Hastings manager. And I went down, I left Sheppey and went down there. But it was a big jump. They were Southern Premier. And I recognised, I had a couple of games for them. And I recognised that I wasn't really at that level. So I knew somebody at Dover. So I went to Dover under Alan Jones was the manager. Mm-hmm. That was in, I think that was in sort of the mid eighties, yeah, early eighties. Yeah. So I had, I had a, a season and a, and a half down there and I, I loved playing for Dover. I, I really enjoyed that. Then I went back to Sheppey. They entered the Southern League and then Dave Perkins was still the manager at Sheppey. Then in the first season, we were struggling or Sheppey was struggling uh, in the bottom three or four, and then he bought Dave bought me back into the side. He bought Lenny Spokes back into the side, Rod Truman back into the side, and we went from third or fourth from bottom into the top three. We went on a, I think it was a nine-game run where we won every game, and it put us right up into a challenging position. And at the time, I think the club, Sheffield United got a little bit nervous about that because the next step up from that Southern League position would have been a Southern Premier and that would have been a different uh, expense to the club. Um, and as it turned out, as that season unfolded, we, we, we slipped away with about two or three games to go. Can't in, I can't remember where we ended up, but we had a fantastic season. And then I stayed with Sheppey and played the Southern League football for six or seven years after that and, and really enjoyed it. Each, each time I get someone on, invariably they, they talk about Sheppey and the golden sort of like period. It sounds as if you were right. I mean, I spoke to Dean, now our development officer at the, the football club for all the youth. And he's a Sheppey boy. And he oh, yeah. was eulogising about when he was a, a young, younger lad, 16, 17, going to the games there and telling me what a fantastic side they had. Yeah, Sheppey have had some great sides. You know, I, I'd, um, I mean, Steve Brown uh, comes to mind, uh, the old um, dancing manager, mm-hmm. who, who I had as my assistant manager when I was manager of Herne Bay. That era was slightly before me, 
but I would say I would say the 60s, 70s, and 80s were probably Sheppey's greatest period. I think in terms of the the level of players that, that they had, you know. Yeah, it's funny how it goes cyclical, isn't it? It's for whatever reason there is either a batch of players, a manager at his prime, club committee are all behind the club. However, it works out. There is a period when they really just hit the hit the sweet spot, don't they? That's absolutely right. Because if you take Dave Perkins, for example, who, who was a Kent League player himself, who played for Sheppey, when it was his time as Sheppey's manager, I, I, I probably, arguably, I probably paid my best football for Dave for about a year or two. And I can remember, without actually seeing Dave, you, you he's a real character and he's a real throwback to the old days. And he won during that period that I've just told you about, that run that we had, he won the manager of the month, but it was throughout the country. It was for the whole country. That was a great achievement for him and his side that he had. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a lot different now. The structure's a lot different. Yes, it's all wonderful. That's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, it was a great honour for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really strange because although as, as a county, we're fairly thin on the ground for football clubs although it's we've got a lot of local football clubs don't get me wrong but when I'm talking about just that next step level up you know you've got the likes of Gillingham, Dartford, Joe, Dover, Folkestone of course, Neil Cugley now longest serving manager in the UK yeah. uh, fantastic yeah. achievement for Neil he's a really nice man have you ever met Neil? Uh, yeah, yeah I, as a player uh, yeah 100% uh, I've met him and and when I went into management he helped me out when I was Sheppey's manager, he helped me out with a, with a player uh, called John Neal. Oh, uh, John he, Neal at Whistable. Yeah, you had John at Whistable. I know you did, yeah. Quality um, player. Yeah, yeah, he's a good player, uh, John. Um, he sadly slipped out of the game quite early, really. I mean, he was out of the game by the time he was 30, I would have thought. But, yeah, Neil helped me w- with uh, with his transfer from folks into to Sheppey. But getting on Neil Cugley, I can remember... One of my big experiences, when I signed for Dover, I played in Sheppey and Sittingbourne local derbies. And then I later played in Herne Bay and Whitstable local derbies. But the Dover and Folkestone local derby, my first experience of that, and Frank Ovard, Neil Cugley, um, the Fusco brothers, it was in that era. Yeah, and that was that was like a that was like a war. Yeah. It really was, and shook me to the bone. <laughs> in, in my first experience of that, I think we beat them two one. I seem to recall we did beat them two one at the Crabble, but yeah, so they were all fantastic times. You know. Now then, we've um, we've touched on your playing career, which is great. How did you suddenly find yourself in management? Well, w- what happened there? I was sort of in the right place at the right time or even the wrong time depending <laughs> on your point of view um i was coming to the end of my career and i'd i'd i'd, I'd left whitstable and i thought well i'll keep it local and i'll re-sign for sheppey under john roseman but i was about 36 37 then and uh, i knew i was coming to the end but that's what i decided to do and then out of the blue tommy sampson Run me while he was at Herne Bay's manager, and I thought when when I picked up, I thought it can't be for playing like again. <laughs> so he said, "Look, he said I'm not 
I'll never forget it because he was brilliant with me, Tom. He 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 said to me, "Look, I'm not being rude." He said, "He said I'm not being I'm being a little bit cheeky." He said, "But to prolong your playing career, he said, would you come down to Earn Bay and play and manage my reserves?" And I thought I thought about it. I thought that ain't a bad idea. He said, "Well, what I'd like is for you to." Manage it how you, how you want, but concentrate on all the youth, bringing the youth through into the reserve team. And if you have a couple of experienced players, one being yourself, he said that that'd be fine. And I was quite lucky at the time because Herm Bay had Andy Thompson, Nick, Nick Arundel, yeah. Donny Zachariah. You know, they had quite an abundance of youth players. So I took those um, and I did that. I only ever, right at the very start, I thought I'm only going to do this for a couple of years because it is incredibly hard work doing a reserve team. It's harder to do that than it is a first team. Yeah. In my opinion. So I had a bit of success with that because I bought a few local players from Sheppey that I thought could step up into the Kent League. And that was during the era when Tom and Herne Bay done the treble. And yeah. he, had, he had multiple injuries. And I remember he used Matt Longhurst, Jamie McKinnell, Glenn Schiefer, Phil Harris, all players that I bought to the club, and they played a major role in helping Earn Bay do that treble. So I thoroughly enjoyed that. And that's how my managerial career started. And then when I said being in the right place at the right time, Tom decided that he'd had enough of managing Earn Bay and he was going to move to Deal. And he took. <laughs> Apart from Andy Thompson, who was on contract at the time, so he couldn't take him. He took the whole team. Oh, no. So, John Barthurst came to me and said, look, would, would you be interested in taking on the first team role? So, I, I sort of thought about it and, and thought, it, it, uh, when you take it, it's a bit like in that era, Faversham did some, when Paul Pryor won the league at Faversham, I think Nick Denley um, but I decided to take it on, and, and, and I worked extremely hard at it. I had more negative results than positive results, but what I did take out of it is that I achieved what the club asked me to do. And they said they didn't want to be the whipping boys of the Kent League. And uh, in my first season, I think we ended up round about in that halfway Saturday weekend season. We had a better side, really. Really, and I think we got into the top six or seven. But to push it on, I, I bought in Steve Brown, the old um, dancing manager, and he had won the league with uh, the Kent League with, 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 with that side. So he bought me a few players. Steve was at times a bit uncontrollable. Great bloke, but was always in trouble with the referees, you yeah. know, uh, a lot of verbal and really. I should have got on top of that and I failed to do that. And I think Herne Bay wanted to stand by me as long as they could. But because I was standing by Steve, because I bought him there, it resulted, it resulted in me being dismissed, really. Yeah. Um, and I learned from that afterwards. I thought I should, have, I should have perhaps had a word with Steve and I probably would have kept my job, but I didn't. I stayed too loyal to him and uh, eventually I went. And where did you go from there? Um, from there, I had a few months out of the game. And then the Sheppey job, when they were grand sharing at Sittingbourne, I think Wayne Barlow was the manager then. 
he got he got the sack, and then uh, within a week or two, Sheppy had approached me, and I stepped in, picked up the reins, managed to climb the league a little bit. I appointed Ernie Batten as, as as my assistant, but it was it was a strange job because at Bourne Park, Sheppy were getting one man and a dog over there to watch. So it was a strange atmosphere to manage, a very difficult time. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I, I picked it up, done it for that first season, went into the second season, and then we had some mixed results in the second season. Then the club uh, decided, I can't remember, I think it was in the latter part of the season, that they didn't want to continue, they weren't able to continue, because all the money had gone from the side of the ground. It was in a right mess. All the directors had, had, had got that much older. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was the sad demise of it. And I just happened to be the manager. It was really out of my control. And that was it. Finished. You're talking about a time when um, Sittingbourne played at uh, the, the, dog, the dog track, aren't you? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. What a, what a place that is! If there's no crowd in, it's it's horrible, isn't it? It was unbelievably difficult. Yeah, far more difficult than I expected. All I could do was was try to get the best side that I could muster up. But of course, that was a period where the Isla Sheppey, Kent League players, Southern League players that it produced all those decades ago that we've just yeah. discussed. Period. That, that was all over, and it was just mainly Sunday football. So I couldn't really call upon too many people locally. So I had to use my contacts up in London. I remember signing people like Dean Henry, Paul Garrett, to name but a few, Danny Stanton, and they were all London-bound. And, um, and it was a bit of a recipe for disaster in terms of moving it forward because I didn't know what was happening behind the scenes and the financial position of the club but it needed it needed to start again really completely from yeah. the youth team and rebuild the club but it was too late it, it, was, it was too late so you ended up back after that that all folded where did you go then in interim because you ended up well, when, when that um when that folded up i think that was in 2001 yeah i believe then i had a period of not doing too much maybe two or three seasons and then Ernie Batten took on the youth team at Sheppey because that carried on. That was going to be the only part of the club that was going to carry on. So I think we did um, sort of an under-13s. He was a manager and I was his assistant. Under-13s. Then we did an under-16s. Then we did an under-18s. And then when that came to the end... We thought, well, what are we going to do now? Where can we take these lads? <laughs> and then, totally out of the blue, Ernie said to me, oh, yeah, Ashford are looking for a reserve side. He said, why don't we approach them and take all them under-18s down there? So we ended up doing that couple of seasons. Um, I think Clive Walker was the manager. And then Steve Lovell was the manager yeah. at Ashford at the time. And, and, we, and we, we were quite happy to... Just, um, just to do that. So we continued with that for a couple of years. I think Ernie carried on for one more year after that. I think he did three. And I said to him, I said, look, 
you know, reserve team football is only, you know, you know, two or three years maximum, really. So I stood down from that, Ernie carried on, and, and then, it, then he came out of it. And then there was a big period of inactivity, probably 10 years. Yeah, it must have been t- 10 years. Yeah, it was. Or, or, or maybe more. Then Ernie's a very successful businessman, very astute man, and, and, a, and a personal friend of mine for over, well, probably getting on for 50 years now, I think, because uh, we've both just recently gone into our 60s, so, so it's been about 50 years. So anyway, he, he said to me, um, he was out in, out in Spain, and I went out there to visit him, and he said to me, Do you know what? He said, when I come back, he said, I fancy getting involved in football again. He said, would you give me an hand? And I said to him, you can't be serious. I said, we've been out of it more than a decade. I said, he said, no, I said, I reckon we could do something. And then by the time he came come home, Sheffield United had restarted again through the current chairman, Matt Smith, and a guy called Kevin Ake, who is now the chairman of Chatham. Yeah. They were a sort of management team. They, they restarted it again. Then only came back from Spain. Kev, Kev went. And then Ernie took that on. He said, look, will you come and be my assistant and coach and, you know, do a bit of this and that. And we, we, we built it all back up again on the football side. And then behind that, Matt Smith was doing all the administration and getting it, getting people in and sponsors in. And then over the three seasons that I was at Sheppey uh, recently, um, we've built the club up to, to where it is now. And Ernie decided to take it on. Um, I felt that at the age of 60, I couldn't, I wasn't getting around the training field as much as I would have liked. Yeah. And I think that sort of knocked my enjoyment out of it, what I was getting out of it. So I thought myself, you know, I've put more than enough back into football. Cool, having yeah. a great career as a player. So I, I went to him and said, look, I'd like to stand down, you know. And, uh, and that was me. Me done. That was a couple of years ago. Well, I've got to say, I've quite a story that time, isn't it? I, I thoroughly enjoyed this chat today. I really have. What you've done today, Jeff, is you've tweaked my memory. You took me back 30, 40. Oh, you're breaking years. up a bit, time. Aren't you? Yeah, no, I know. Don't oh, worry. Yeah. I've got you okay on the on the um, on the audio. Yeah, you took me back 30, 40 years, which was fantastic. I mean, I really enjoyed it, and there'll be a lot of people. Okay. When this goes out, there'll be a lot of people that will uh, will get a lot of pleasure out of this. You've uh, you've mentioned lots and lots of old timers, which is great. So, what I'll do now, Jeff, is I'll just wrap it yeah, up. Tony, just before you do that, can you hear me still? Yeah, I can. I've still got you. Carry on. I'd just like to say one more thing. Yeah. And that is, in all my experience in football, there's been some great people in Kent that have kept clubs going. And when I signed for Whitstable in 1989, Joe Brownick was the chairman and he's only just recently that he started to take a back seat so that that man and his wife Josie were absolutely fantastic to me and he was really well supported by Bruce Smith and Connie I'm sure I'm missing out a few names here but those four in particular have been the backbone of Whitstable for decades absolutely there used to be a lot of live bands that used to play in Whitstable, and used to be the Rising Sun, really yep. close to the ground. Yes. Um, and on a Saturday night, 
after the game, the social side of Whistler was brilliant. We used to go around the town and I used to stay at Bruce's house overnight um, and, and enjoyed, you know, all the social aspect of Whistler you know, so that was fantastic. But what I would like to say is a special mention to Joe Brownie, Joe C, Bruce Smith, bless his heart, yeah. and uh, his wife, Con. Fantastic people. Fantastic. Well, what a wonderful way to finish off, Jeff. That is so, so nice of you to, to say that. Really brilliant. Well, ladies and gents, uh, this is uh, another episode of Belmont Banter, and today's guest has been uh, Jeff Record. Jeff has been a pleasure to talk to you today. Uh, we'll wind it up all there, mate, but uh, it'll be out in a few weeks, this one, because I've got a backlog of them coming up now. It's become very, very popular. So when it does come out, Jeff, ring your old mates, get them on and let them all listen to it. It's been a pleasure, mate. You take care. Okay. Join your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter for news about local football in Kent and beyond. I do hope that you've enjoyed today's episode of Belmont Banter. Don't forget there's a new episode out every week which comes out on a Sunday night, early Monday morning. And you can leave your suggestions for a guest to invite at the end. And leave a like and don't forget to pass it on to all your mates. Cheers. <laughs>